Hi guys, welcome to Threads Podcast Life Unfiltered. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, I'm really excited. I know Ben is too. We have Zach and Brandon from Say What Needs to Say, Say What Needs Saying Podcast. I actually typed that out the other day from memory, and then I went back and looked at the title. I'm like, no, that's not it. It's close, <laughs> but but that's not it. Um, but before we jump into talking to these guys, Ben's going to talk about what Threads Podcast is all about, and uh, then we'll move on. Hey, well, thank you again for tuning into the Threads Podcast, Life Unfiltered. This is a show all about life, and we talk about things in an unfiltered manner. Uh, the concept of Threads Podcast, we get that from the fact that in life, there are far more threads that tie us together than there are things that pull us apart. And so we want to focus on those threads, those commonalities, those things about being human that tie us together. And as we do that, we like to bring in guests like Zach and Brandon and, and have uh, those same type of unfiltered open conversations so we can learn from each other, challenge each other, and just have a ton of fun. Because uh, what is life without uh, camaraderie and good discussion. So that's what the Threads podcast is. Uh, we have three main topics that we cover on a regular basis. Those are faith, mental health, and uncomfortable conversations. And tonight we will probably hit a bit of each three of those. So looking forward to that. Um, but that is what Threads podcast is in a nutshell. Before we get to Zach and Brandon, what we typically like to do is we call an icebreaker. We used to do a ton of things, but uh, like different games and stuff. But we find that it's just easier just doing a check in. How everyone's coming into tonight's show. Um, how you feeling? Um, I'll go first just to start it off. Feeling okay. It was kind of a crazy week. I got my second vaccine on Wednesday. Uh, it kicked my ass. I uh, mm -hmm. I slept eight and a half hours. Let's see, Wednesday, I got it at 10 a.m. Eight and a half hours Thursday night. Had flu-like symptoms, like fevers and chills all night. I did go to work because I was like, whatever. And yeah. then <laughs> and then Thursday night, I went to bed at like 8 o'clock and woke up at 6 a.m. for work this morning. So, whew, it was uh, it was crazy. But uh, I'm glad I got it and that's over with. And it's just, just been kind of a long week. But uh, I'm excited to record tonight. Uh, this is a long time coming, so I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Well, I'll go next before we hand it over to our friends. Um, I'm showing up tonight. It's been a long week for me as well. Tuesday was my birthday. And, oh, happy belated. Uh, birthday. Oh, well, thank you. And uh, I don't know. There's just something about getting old. Like, my body's keeping score. And <laughs> the evening of my birthday, um, I realized I had left the lawnmower in the backyard it was covered for the most part, but I had left it in the backyard and needed to get it into the garage. So it's just a push mower. So I pushed it over the threshold through the door to the garage. And as I'm lifting the back wheels up, something in my back just pulled and I felt it go. And I was like, oh boy, it's like it turned to jello. And then Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday, and even into this morning, just terrible pain. And um, my dad gave me this nice hereditary condition uh, where our, my vagus 
nerve. I think that's what it is. You guys are the medical people. Vagal vasal, vasal, vagal reaction. I can't remember, but it's essentially where if you have major pain or um, just an odd stimulation, you pass out. Um, and I was feeling close to that just because of the pain levels. So thankfully that's kind of wrapping up been feeling better today i climbed a ladder and put a canopy up in the backyard and wow on wow that would not if i had that situation i wouldn't go for a ladder i'm not sure why he did that he this is why this is why women live longer than men it's true (laughs) yeah good for you though so yeah so i'm i'm showing up thankful to be feeling better because man i was just hobbling around all week and hurt to do anything so glad that's over and i am just thrilled to be back with you guys loved being on your show so glad you guys chose to come hang out with us tonight so uh that's where i'm at who wants to go next uh zach i'll Uh take a swing at it sure well it's friday in my world it's beautiful day um we had a day off of work. I just well, I, when I have my work days, I devote everything to work. On my days off, I be as lazy or I become as lazy as possible, just so my body can relax, and I'm more eager to work the next day. So, um, other than that, it's really I actually made uh, my girlfriend just gradu- uh, is about to graduate uh, Baldwin Wallace University, and she's just got accepted into grad school, going to CSU. So I'm making her celebratory dinner, and I just made a rack of lamb. With Yukon gold mashed potatoes and some broccoli. Amazing. (laughs) Not only have I never made a rack of lamb, I've never eaten a rack of lamb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Um, I'm so I'm here. I'm excited to be here because same same as all of you guys have said, it's a long time coming. I really liked having you guys on our show. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to be on yours. Lately, not going to lie. Like it's been a long week for me too. um, been dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome lately and dealing with just some anxiety and depression and stuff. But I feel like I'm at the start of the upswing, if that makes sense. So like currently feel crappy, but feel like it's going up, um, schedule day an appointment for, like to try to find a new therapist coming up and started working out again though. So just feeling, feeling pretty good, but you know, as, as good as I can be right now, it's, but, but extremely happy to be here. And honestly, if I could pick any podcast to be on right now, it would be this one. So I'm super thrilled to, to do this episode. And then don't let it be understated. All the accolades that Zach has said, I like, it is, Probably the most, when I got onto the screen, I was so lighthearted. I was like, I remember this screen. I remember these two faces yeah. and what we shared. And I, the, we closed the computer and it stayed with me. I come back, all those feelings return. So it is, you guys really are a, the, this room, you guys create a room inside of a, a Zoom room. Yeah. Well, I appreciate awesome. that. That that really does mean a lot. Um, so let's talk about the show that we were on. Uh I'm just going to bring up uh, the funny part that I wrote on it is like everyone that like our threat, we call them threaties. They're like, I feel like Jason took over their show. Uh, <laughs> did you guys feel that a little bit? Because I as as a podcaster, it's so hard to be like the guest. Yeah. 
No, I, I appreciated the kind of different style you guys brought to it because it is, you know, look, I, I like doing this. I like podcasting and all that, but interviewing is still awkward. Interviewing is still like a, a strange thing that I'm not still used to. And so it kind of helps to have another podcaster on the other side okay. that is totally just, you know, it makes it feel more genuine, more natural as opposed to a, I don't know, bulleted, just scripted conversation. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I, no, I appreciated it. I didn't feel like you were taking over at all. You were saying what uh, needed to be said. Say what needs to be said. Yay. Well, I do feel, I think it was on your show. We talked about the cannabis, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I actually did finally come out on our show and talk about it. Cause I, I remember saying to you guys, I hadn't, I hadn't said it to anyone anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, to anybody and i i finally did come on the show although i mean i know i'm digressing here but i started working out like four or five weeks ago and it's a lot of my pain has disappeared yeah <laughs> yeah so i haven't used much cannabis lately so that's been that's, that's awesome. been pretty nice so uh what about you ben yeah so as i look back on that episode i loved it it was so good and the thing that stuck with me, Brandon, is your words to me about my experience with my adopted black daughter at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. I was talking about how I felt all the eyes were on me when I went to the neighborhood grocery store where I was in the minority. And up until our conversation, I had never once thought or realized that that very same experience that I went through at the grocery store, that's daily life for my daughter growing up in a white world. And it really hit me. It, 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 it hit a nerve deep and it really stayed with me and it's helped open my eyes to what life is like for my daughter. So I can't thank you enough for that. Um, it was powerful. And it's enabled me to really have some meaningful conversations with my daughter. Um, we've actually been even more intentional since then about helping her to have interaction with other black people. Mm -hmm. um, hilarious. You're going to laugh and this just points out the whiteness of us. But uh, last Sunday, Miracle's dance instructor invited her to go to church with her. And after church, they went to a friend's house for brunch. And on the menu for brunch, of course, was grits. Mm -hmm. Miracle had never had grits before. <laughs> and she was like, what? What's grits? Mm -hmm. and so here's this black girl saying, what's grits? That would be grits. <laughs> <laughs> and the other ladies there, I mean, they were telling me when I picked her up and they just had a good laugh. I mean, a belly laugh about that here's this 12 year old black girl who didn't know what grits were and uh again it just reveals to me um, got some work to do um you'll be happy to know that we now have grits in our pantry and i, <laughs> I enjoy them they were i was pleasantly surprised so all that to say i am just thrilled you're back so thanks yeah. for making this happen well, of course, and it's interesting, that conversation wasn't even on the docket. That wasn't even something that we planned for. I just, you had a moment, I, I heard it and responded. Now, granted, don't feel pressured to try to in, in, uh, introduce everything that she won't be able to get. Like, 
you know, you're her dad, so then let her know about you. You know, yeah. I feel oh, like yeah. I feel like as as we develop, or at least from my perspective, as we develop, we learn about ourselves and our friends learn the intricacies and the dynamics, the dynamicness of ourselves, right? And then you become parents, and then you become a parent to your kid, and that's all you kind of become. Uh, depending on your level of parent, I want I would want to challenge and hopefully I'm able to challenge myself when I have uh, my kid um, that try to have your kid know who you are, like to just know who you are, not the parent, not the not in a friend way, but just because if she feels a sense of home or a sense of connection with you, you will always be her fortress, and that's like mm-hmm. the prime thing you want as a father Absolutely. is for your daughter to be the safest in your world. Yep. As long yep. as your world is crystal clear to her, and because you guys share, you, uh, your wife, and her all share this unique situation of perception, and you guys can have interesting conversations about perception. Talk about how you view this cartoon, or how I would view it, or right. I just want to hear. Kids are, are sponges, and they, they're still curious. But we have we've been told to keep this idea of a parent in this hallowed form, you know, bring it down. I'm, I'm we're a little more personable. The world's a little more scary. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm on your side. So. Hmm. Very good. Very good thoughts. Well, I think you're going to make an amazing father one day. Bro. <laughs> I hope so. so. I'm stoked for you. Thank you. Um, so I got a question for you. You, you have this podcast, say what needs saying. It's pretty yeah. incredible. You're having lots of, just super deep conversation, sometimes controversial. How did this get started? Like, what's the backstory? What le- what led up to this podcast becoming a thing? Zach, take um, it away. Yeah, I could take that one. So I I came up with the original idea and brought it to Brandon. Um, and so there's kind of the two different backstories there. So on on the side with why I approached Brandon first, like we went to undergrad together. Um, we were both neuroscience majors. He was biology. I was psychology. Um, but, you know, we talked about lots of different things and had lots of great conversations, um, even though there were a lot of times where we would differ at times, um, you know, with one thing or another. As far as why I started it, um, why why I wanted to do it in the first place, um, I've more recently been becoming more politically involved, um, more thinking about policy as a career route and thinking about like just becoming more aware of politics and you know whatnot and I'm more conservative um, I'm more conservative um, and being a conservative in Ann Arbor Michigan <laughs> in academia in science um, it's kind of made me incredibly aware of being that, minority, you know, voice or, or opinion or belief system. Um, because like, I can't talk about politics to people in academia, like half of them want to cancel me already. Um, and the other half just don't know my political views. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that was kind of the, the initial motivation for this was I, I know that there are other people and it's not just about politics. That's why we try to cover religion and culture and other touchy subjects other people feel that same way about different conversation topics. Um, And I know that these things are the biggest aspects of our lives, right? Whether it's politics or religion or culture or, you know, 
money is another one we touch on. Like there are elements of our lives that make up a substantial part of who we are or what we're doing or where we live and, you know, the laws around us, whatever, but we're not allowed to talk about it for one reason or another. Um, And so that was kind of the, what sparked the idea. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, I, I brought it to Brandon. I, I pitched it to him and said like, you know, look, we disagree on some stuff and, but we've had these conversations and I asked him to be my co-host and, you know, it's history from there, I guess. Yeah. That's awesome. How long have you been doing it now? Oh, uh, over a little over two, over almost a year, right? Okay. Yeah, it was what June or July, June, then June. June, something like that. Yeah, I tell you what, you we are one of the few, like yours and ours, because there's so many right. that do two or three episodes or ten episodes and they fade out. So, it's yep. I mean, kudos to you. Sometimes it's hard. Like I could hear yeah. it in your voice, not in this when you talk now, but um. You know, when you talked about the podcast and, and sometimes it can get long in the tooth. I mean, mm-hmm. it sometimes sucks. Like, uh, oh, I know what you were talking about, like being the interviewer, um, which, by yeah. the way, her last episode, that was what was going on. It was rough. <laughs> like, it was just, yeah. have you ever had, uh, I don't know if you guys do interviews uh, a lot, but it was just like. At the end, I hit my head on the mic with Ben, and I was just like, "Oh boy, that you know, you know, one of those." But um, no, it's so interesting how opposites work on a podcast. Because I would say Ben and I kind of lean the same way a little bit, um, but we're totally different people. Like he's an introvert, Mm -hmm. I'm an extrovert. Um, I tell it like it is. He kind of bottles it up, so that really can can work on a podcast so um as far as that go ahead brandon no i was just saying zach's being a little more callous with it zach was my mentor (laughs) oh he was the reason why i went to baltimore university and uh we would have conversations on facebook all the time and Mm -hmm. people would be either too afraid to say their part or you know someone will have that's not their real perspective and we would just challenge people to have that and one thing that you mentioned like sometimes it gets rough and i never thought it would come to me but it's literally the people who know about the show who can cont- to allow us to continue it. Yeah, so like we'll have something that pops up. Like the the things that people are afraid of talking about are the things that are in the news. It's it's literally the most pressing thing on a television, and people are scared shitless to talk about it. So when we see that and we put the little hashtag, we just generate comments. Like people want to say something, and we created this platform. We have to use it. We have to use it responsibly. Let's do it. And it's always it's always yeah. good. All of our at the end of all of our uh, conversation, we're like, yo, this is an amazing interview. That's so good to awesome. hear. Um, so Ben and I uh, have, I don't know, we've had, I'm kind of jumping around, Ben, I'm sorry. Let, I'm trying to bo- try to categorize. So the podcast, right? Like, I'm, I'm really curious. I want to talk shop so much. I don't want the whole episode to be that way. But like Ben and I, I'm so hard to deal with sometimes. Like we've, um, we almost stopped the show like three months ago like we get in f- fights sometimes that are just the stupidest thing so have w- have you guys ever gotten into a fight whether it's personal fight or topic on the show or something that maybe off air you were like dude what the hell uh that you were like mm, i don't know if this is going to continue um nothing yet yeah <laughs> nothing really yet i mean we like I guess part of it is we've kind of been 
I don't winging it makes it sound like we're not taking it seriously. I don't want to say winging it, but we haven't put in like set in stone a lot of the different stuff, like, you know, going over different responsibilities and, and whatnot. And so it's been a little looser and we've kind of just reached out to one another whenever something's coming up or, you know, uh, we're going to do an episode and just pose an idea to one another. Um, and I mean, so far it's, it's worked out fine. I mean, we've, you know, he, he's trusted me on my own on episodes and I've trusted him <laughs> with episodes. And so, you know, so far it's been okay. I mean, topic wise, we've had a couple times where we disagree on stuff. Obviously we disagree right. on plenty of stuff. Um, that's the point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, unless, unless I'm just not thinking of something, Brandon, and something jumps out to you that you're like, no, 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 I Brandon's was like for this. So no, no, yeah. I, I mean, I can't think of. <laughs> A single thing. I enjoy, like, I enjoy Zach as a person. Like, I still look to him as, oh, the the super dude. Like, so I still hold him. There's a level of reverence when I get to speak to him. So anytime we, we collab on a conversation, I don't even mind stepping a bit out there on perspectives. It may not be my direct ones, but an exaggerated one, just to get him out of his yeah. comfort. And I and I love that. I love seeing him, uh, quote unquote, squirm. I didn't like the way that would have came out. Um, but no, nah, Zach, at the end of the day, if you close all these computers down, we'll still have a conversation with Zach, and it's it's always beautiful. So um, never at odds. I, I I enjoy this, definitely. Oh, that's amazing. It'll come. It'll come at some point. No, no, no. I, I, actually, it'll it, not never happen. I was right? afraid but. it would have been what happened recently, because I was like, I was like, ah, it's, you know, another situation. But he had threads that would like take him almost out of Zach's character, and I'm like, Ooh, I'm I'm not tied to this. I don't we can we could we could shed it, but I you know it's always good. So so I'm curious. Um you both mentioned some of the the what field is it? The bio the neuro neuroscience, yeah. Neuroscience. Okay. Mm -hmm. So are you working in that field in school? I I know Brandon, you mentioned Zach was kind of a mentor. Um, so what do you guys do in real life? Um, well, I'll go first and then Brandon, if you want to take it after. So I'm a PhD student uh, at the University of Michigan. Uh, I'm going for my PhD in neuroscience, obviously. Um, and then uh, also trying for a science technology and public policy certificate. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm in my fourth year. No, we'll be going into my fourth year um soon the average graduation time is 5.6 i think 5.7 years um so i'm hoping that i've just got a couple years left but right but yeah that's me okay so then what does the job market look like after that what kind of uh positions yeah. are you going to go into politics he's not going to use any of it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah honestly so I, I i've been thinking a lot more about kind of a quote unquote career change a lot more lately. And that's kind of been playing into some of the anxiety and everything else going sure. on. But, but like, you know, I've thought about, um, I'm, I'm in the process of filling out a, an application for an online, like kind of quote unquote training program, um, with the heritage foundation. Um, so maybe think tanks like that, um, for policy or, you know, it potentially working somewhere like the NIH or NSF, um, whether or not I'm doing research, but you know, working in that environment and potentially working on policy. Hmm. Um, I've the only, as far as politics goes, the only thing I've thought of would be like board of education or something. Like, I don't want to do like politics really like, but like I'm passionate about education. So I would do that. Okay. Um, 
so yeah, I don't know. I mean, as far as the job market goes, I I have plenty of other avenues I could go down that I've thought about. Industry research, I would be open to. I want to get out of academia. Uh, I'm going to get the hell out of academia, but industry <laughs> research would be okay. Policy. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm hoping to know a little better over the next year or so after kind of fleshing out my options in policy. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? Well, I am a surgical neurophysiologist, and that last part uh, tends to switch between neurotechnologist, neurophysiologist, depending on the day. Um, But that is a fancy-pantsy word. Uh, For a while, a surgeon is doing a procedure, whether it be a a fusion in the neck, a spine, scoliosis, tumors, anything in the spinal cord. Um, He's looking at the more the gross picture, the more physical uh, perspective. There's still the electrical components of the body and the neurological communications. And that uh, those pathways need to be monitored, especially during with uh, small areas like in the neck or like in a a micro disc or working in those small spaces. So uh, what, what I would do is you know, during the surgery between the two parts of the inside of your ankles and the inside of your wrist, I'll stimulate those with a small amount of electricity and put at least around 30 something needles across your body to get the full neurological picture as almost like receivers. And then I create this digital picture hmm. and I'm creating this uh, and I'm having this dialogue with the OR and with the surgeon to see where is he touching? Where is he retracting? Is he placing something Did he just placed? Uh, inner body let's wait let's see what happens um we're trying to see if we're trying to uh, retrieve this person's hearing did it uh did it go through the full pathway of the uh uh did it go through the full hearing pathway did it not did it fall short somewhere is there a uh is there a difference in i guess how big the signals are or how uh their latency there's a lot that goes into it but it's just to make sure the there's no paralysis in other words i'm making sure muscles don't fatigue, don't atrophy, uh, anything in regards to post-op, in regards to the nerves, that's my job to make sure everybody's good. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Ben and I are both like, whoa, I need a drink. Out of my field a little bit here. (laughs) It's hard to keep a smile. People's worst days are my Wednesday. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So do you do stuff, um, like, how often are you in surgery then? Is that... Ah, so Zach hates this part of the question. <laughs> I don't have a schedule. Okay. I, I, I would say I've worked one five day week. I average, I would average maybe two point three days a week. I, I work maybe maybe one week, no weeks. Uh, one day maybe no days, three days for it. It's whenever a surgeon, because we have a team, right? Yeah. Sure. And whenever a surgeon pops up, a surgeon needs to come on, and surgery needs to be done the next day or the following week, following month. And we delegate. Okay. And I get assigned to surgeons, and that's how I uh, earn my wow. And are you still in school too? I did. I did a post. Uh, my postgraduate program. I mean, post baccalaureate program um, was really extensive. I had to take a, a CNM, which is the I think almost like only like six thousand people have this certificate. It was really difficult, but whoa, I'm, I should be finished my school. Yeah. Oh, nice school my gosh <laughs> how old are you guys by the way so probably mid 20s then yeah i'm 25 23, 23 25 oh man mm-hmm. that's her baby i i have a son that's 24 <laughs> wow wow see all this gray it's there for a reason it is years and wisdom you yeah. earned it yeah yeah you haven't earned 
shit. You see this? I've never <laughs> nothing. Well, are you trying to grow it out or? I've been trying so hard. My barber walks up to me and says, there's seven whiskers on the bottom third of your face. What do you want me to do with this? Line it up. Line, Line it up. up. <laughs> Line it up. Oh, I'm surprised Man. he even talks to you about it. He's probably like, you whoops. See, you ever see somebody say, hey, which which uh, which red looks better? That's how much facial hair I have. The difference between the reds. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. A um, couple more questions about the podcast. Uh, you obviously talk about some uncomfortable things. Uh, what about family and friends? Do they listen uh, or not? Like, I don't know any of if any of my friends or family listen regularly. I know they've listened to a few episodes here and there, but how about you guys? Um, I would say I have some choice. Uh have some choice people that watch it and they're going to be soon to be Christmas gift getters receivers <laughs> because they, they regularly kind of uh, regularly watch, but family wise, no. And I think a lot of them will be sharp, sharp, uh, shocked that I would have a platform like this and then articulate myself in this manner. Really? Uh, hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, uh, I, um, in a Jamaican household, you're not really supposed to speak up or speak out and have this such a bush of perspective. Interesting. Or, Something at least something not to come at least not to almost almost come close to seem combative, uh, and this would some would say this is an antagonistic podcast. Uh, so I would love for them to hear how who who Brandon is now in his adulthood. Um, I think it will be a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Zach? Um. So same with the friends. Couple, you know, a couple choice friends that that listen in i think regularly um a couple that i know listen in regularly but then a couple that i think listen in here or there um as far as family goes at least a handful um so my parents listen in pretty frequently and then outside of that i've got a couple family members that will tune in here or there um usually for particular episodes so i've got some police in my family that tuned in when we interviewed the black police officers. Oh, wow. I've got a couple that listened for, I don't remember the other ones, but basically that they'll tune in here or there. So, so yeah, it always makes me a little nervous because I know that, you know, at least a couple family and a couple friends are going to be listening in. And, you know, I'm sure that to some extent it's the same as you, Brandon, that some of them are surprised by, by what we're talking about or what I'm doing with it. Like, again, I'm, I'm the nerdy scientist kid who doesn't, <laughs> doesn't typically talk. I'm very introverted. I don't, I couldn't do this if it were in person, at least not yet. Really? Um, I would maybe hope maybe that next Live show. Yeah, no. Come on. Eventually. Okay. Yeah. Eventually. Yes. Um, but like, I don't like, to, I don't want to say I don't like talking to people because obviously I love talking to people, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I hear you. but you know, so, I think that the, I guess the vibe I give off at family parties is probably a little bit different than say what needs saying Zach, but mm. yeah, but yeah. I, I've had that awkward moment with friends and like, they say they listen. I'm like, Oh, did you listen to this yeah. episode? And then you, it's clear that they didn't. I'm like, <laughs> listen, it's okay. If you don't like, don't feel bad. <laughs> right. I'm not offended. If you don't, I get it. Right. I have a lot of podcasts I listen to and I've been on some shows and I, you know, I honestly, I haven't listened to, many episodes of your guys is either i don't mm -hmm. have the time like i have right. a list of and it's not because 
your show or whoever show or whatever isn't bad. It's just I don't I don't have the time. Right. So I've had a few awkward moments and I always make it unawkward by saying, like, I'm not mad. I don't care. I mean, right. if my wife didn't listen, that might be a problem. But, um, you know, but other than that, uh, yeah, I also don't re-listen to the episodes that we put out. I edit them. So I re I, I record them. Mm-hmm. Then I edit them. I'm not listening to my voice for a third time. It's just not happening. Right. It took yeah. me a huge battle to get through those show notes, Zach. Just to hear yourself over again, you're like, I yeah. should not be in the voice business. Oh, I sound terrible. Right. I'm so nasally, and when I like, I can't hear it when I talk myself. But when I hear it play back, I'm, I'm well. You guys can hear it. It's weird how you hear your voice different. Right. When you're speaking, yeah. then yeah. what other? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so nasally. Uh, I'm some from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nice. Do you want to have a? Do you want to have an uncomfortable realization? Yes. Uh, if you would like to know what you actually sound like to the public, put your hands above your ears and listen to yourself talk. Oh really? That's how you actually sound, and you'll be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I sound like a preteen Mickey Mouse character. Okay, got you. Got you. Sure. Okay. Got you. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. That's amazing. So on your show, what has been the most uncomfortable thing or topic or happening that you've discussed on the show? I don't know, Brandon, does anything come to mind for you? I got to think for a second. Most uncomfortable. I've had to uh well, I don't I don't think so. If anything, I would hear uh, an individual's perspective and I've had to tell myself it's okay. It's his perspective. It's his perspective. It's Deep his breath. perspective. Deep breath. It's his perspective. And they're not wrong. And that's what we try to implore is mm-hmm. that we are accepting of those who speak and choose to speak cuz we celebrate the courageous and I shame the cowardice, but we do praise uh, those who do speak. And I, I, I'm open to it all. I, I try not to. The real world scares me. What we do here, it's all manufactured. You know what I mean? We're trying to create conversation. The real world. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Well As we're kind of uh, jumping into some topics, I want to bring up something that Zach said earlier about half his class uh, wants to <laughs> cancel him. And yeah. It's interesting you brought that up. What what is it about that? Why you think they want to cancel you? Be, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm curious of what kind of conservative you are. Because so it's funny, <laughs> I have a hat that has an American flag on it, right? Yeah. And this whole Trump thing has been a shit show. I have a big beard. I have tats all over my arm and everything. So mm-hmm. since this whole Trump thing, I never not wanted to wear a hat with an American flag on it because I think people labeled me as a Trumper. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so it really bothers me. And um, I'm not wearing that hat tonight. I actually only wear it working out now. I, isn't that shitty that I do that? But but anyways, what is uh, what kind of conservative are you actually? And and yeah. you bring up that cancel. I'm curious what 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 they or they the what other side would, of my hiding. The, well, yeah, like what would they want to cancel you for? <laughs> no, so I, I get it. Um, So as far as what my personal views are, what what kind of conservative I am. So I've kind of oscillate between conservative and libertarian. Um, I, I say conservative just because I think it sums it up a little bit better than libertarian. There are a couple things that, you know, I, I lean that way. And I also, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I picked that one, but some combination of conservative libertarian um, with, I guess, 
as far as as far as like Trump, because Trump brings in kind of a different element that is not really stereotypical conservative or stereotypical libertarian. True. I, I, I think that I would describe myself, and this is kind of weird because I've never really thought about this this much. Like I do, obviously, but you know, as far as wording it, um, I guess I would be policy wise usually conservative libertarian. As far as Trump goes. I I will say that I appreciated him as a as a bulwark against the kind of culture war stuff. So like the cultural stuff outside of policy. I agreed with him on a lot of policy because he actually was fairly conservative on some areas and then other ways, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, when it comes to what I think I would be canceled for, I think at this point it's I've had enough people actually reach out to me whether publicly or privately and take issue with some of my more innocuous views in my opinion innocuous that i don't think it's really about anymore like like i'm not some closet racist bigoted you know uh i I don't know like that might end the show real quick right (laughs) so so i don't think it's that but like so you know a couple more innocuous ones that i've had people either write me off for or call me racist for um kyle rittenhouse hosting an episode on kyle rittenhouse um i didn't even express my personal views i just said i'm hosting this on our platform let's talk about it and see it all and i had people that i was good friends with before that that then were going to um that felt differently about me after that um the the big one is i don't believe in the I guess I, I don't believe in systemic racism in the way that it's typically talked about like and so that's usually a pretty big one that people will take issue with me for outside of that I mean I don't think you know fiscal people will always say like oh well small government and fiscal conservatism isn't going to get you canceled it's like well it, it might depending on what part of government you're talking about limiting or cutting and it might depending on what you actually want to stop paying taxes for mm-hmm. cuz like i don't agree with universal health care right for example that's in its core still related to taxes and spending and yeah. you know can be framed in a fiscal conservatism light but can get you canceled um and i've you know had fit posts on facebook where people basically equate well, and Bernie Sanders has equated in the past people that, you know, either Republicans or or people that disagree with universal health care, that they either want you to die or they, you know, don't value your health or whatever. So it's I know this is a long tangential ramble <laughs> and I apologize, but I don't really know how best to explain it. I think it's just kind of the the idea that any of these views, even if they're slightly conservative, I I'm constantly feeling this this hesitancy to express them and partially because of the number of people who have actually said something or, or commented or talked about it, you know, that are either in my program or in academia or, or whatever. Let's talk about cancel culture. Uh, just for instance, what about the whole Dr. Seuss thing? I'm just curious your opinion on that. Mm -hmm. Um, clearly a racist, right? Clearly a racist. And, uh, and so, He's passed away, obviously. Uh, but then there was uh, also 
my my kid reads these books, Dogman, and um, I think it's Dave Pickney. Oh yeah, the Captain Underpants ones. Yeah, I read them yeah. as a kid. Yeah, yeah, and um, he wrote a book like eleven years ago, and it had an Asian guy mm-hmm. in it or something, and like he was worried he got canceled, and he took the book. They took the book off the shelf, and he paid all his royalties to all this stuff. So is yeah from that book he paid all his prepayments and royalties to charity which is great i'm sure he's rich because he's a great writer and he's got a lot of books but where do you draw the line of this this cancel culture of like the guy i mean it it was written 11 years ago clearly does not have a background of it and i get the sensitivity around it i totally do uh just curious your guys opinion on that I, I just can't stand those who just want to be a part of something for the sake of being a part of something. Mm. It makes zero sense for you to want to cancel. Like, if you want to cancel, well, what was it, Dr. Seuss, then you would have to cancel Endgame. Because who are we talking about when we mention Walt Disney? Right. Who, who are we talking about when we watch Bugs Bunny and yeah. we have Space Jams coming out? What are you like? What would you guys, you guys, you just want to be a part of something just to say you're just saying whatever you want to say with no type of credulence or, 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 or nuance of anything. We, everyone knew that Yeah. the entire, the, the fabric of America back then is the same now, but you just got to wash it out. So all the colors kind of look the same. It's, it's just, it's, it's the same reality. You grew up seeing the whole like uh like the, the Piccaninnies, like that wasn't every every cartoon from Tom and Jerry. Don't cancel that. that. Doesn't make any sense. What are you canceling? You're not even the person affected. Black people have been reading these books to their kids and just like, hey, this is the world we live in. Ben, you're just gonna have to say this is the world we live in. This book seems crazy. Brush it off your shoulder. You're gonna have a chip in your shoulder, but it's it's you're good. Like it's not if it's like I feel like people want to pick a fight. And I, that's all that's all I got from that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I, I kind of had two thoughts on it. The, the first is that I think there's a difference between cancel culture and the consequences of cancel culture. And I think Dr. Seuss is a good example of this. To me, they everyone that was talking about this that I saw, at least on Facebook and, you know, in the in the social media world, maybe right. not in the real world. Sure. Um, you know, it always was, oh, this isn't cancel culture. They're pulling the books themselves. Okay, but why do you think they're pulling the books? Why now? Why now? It's because we're living in this era of cancel culture where they're most likely afraid to, on some level, be canceled or boycotted or whatever. I don't want to say that everyone has bad motives, and I'm not trying to say that every business that pulls their own products for any reason it has any particular motive. But I think it it's it evidences the culture we live in when when book book writers are burning the books like yeah. when, when they're the ones pulling them from circulation you know i i more so understand the instances like i think they put warnings on dumbo and peter pan yeah and stuff like like oh, just yeah. say you know this was wrong then it's still wrong now but like this is what it i'm more okay with something like that because then at least you can still learn from it you can still teach it you know it's the same with pulling down statues, right? Yes, maybe this person was a bad person, but if the statue's gone, how do you teach the history of that bad person and the impact that they had on society that was large enough to garner them a statue? Right. Like, And so there's history in all of that. And there's that in books. There's that in everything. I think cancel culture would be more... You And I, I don't want to say this is cancel culture. It's less a consequence and more... 
Um, but, you know, Amazon's selecting particular books, and I think they've since gotten rid of that. But at one point, they were picking a couple books to take off and not not sell. Mm. That, to me, feels more cancel culture-y mm. um, because it's a, a, I guess in this case, a business, not necessarily an individual. But, you know, canceling a book for mm. whatever views are in it, whatever information is it, while, you know, Mein Kampf is still available and while, you know, plenty of other hateful books and things are available. So it's much more selective. So I, I don't know. I think that it's, I, I think that it's dangerous. I think we're starting to see the pushback to it, though, a lot more now. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's going to go incredibly far. I think that it will reverberate back. But yeah, I think that it's it's just it's toxic and it, it affects more than just conservatives. I shouldn't I don't want it to sound like I was trying to frame it earlier that conservatives are the victims of this. There have been poll after poll. I think that um, who did them? I can't remember. So take it with a grain of salt who did it. But sure. there was a poll that found, I think, 80 some percent of people sense self-censor on some level. Um, there was one poll that found that everyone except very strong liberals, self-censor political views, you know, it's, it's affecting a lot of different people now. And so it's starting to get to the point where, you know, suppression of thought is not a good thing for society. And so that's what I see as the primary tr problem with cancel hmm. culture. I kind of disagree with you on the statue thing, though. Uh, I think they should come down. I mean, I get it in a history book. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to. I want kids to read about it, but I kind of mm -hmm. feel like a statue is like, I mean, not the way that they did it. And each one should be evaluated individually. I'm not sure. talking a blanket statement, but mm -hmm. I mean, if you got if this, uh, I don't know, the Robert well, E. Lee stuff, it's just like, why are we having like a statue seems like an award, right? Like in a book, yeah, a history yeah. book, you're reading about it. Okay, this guy's a piece of shit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But like making a statue and like this huge thing, I don't know. Well, I think it all kind of stems from, well, I find it interesting. A lot of the, the I guess, the older uh, generation says, you know, I don't like that, you know, there's a participation trophy or I don't like that there's, uh, there's everyone, get, everyone feels special as well. America lost the war and then are proud that they lost and then have the flags of when they tried to take over America. And then, you know, when they try to secede and it's like, I don't, how do you have a, how do you have a, you gave yourself a trophy for losing. I don't understand. It's the same thing yeah. you were, you just told us about. Yeah. The Confederate ones, I think are slightly, I, I empathize with those ones being taken down a little more partially because of the enemy of the state argument that you can make. That is, we, we literally fought a war against these, yeah. these people. And so they were, they were the enemy. Um, and the fact that obviously, you know, there are still people alive today that have had, you know, not too distantly removed relatives as slaves or as victims okay. of that, that civil war. And so I, that one, again, and I don't want to say, I agree with you, Jason, when you talk about individually, each one is assessed. Look, if, if the city of Columbus wants to completely distance itself from the name and they, they pull the communities and they, they, you know. Everyone agrees that, yes, we're going to change the name of Columbus, Ohio to something else because we don't want to be associated with Christopher Columbus or, you know, whatever. Or, and you know, same with cities with statues. I still agree with that in principle. I just disagree with, I guess, the the mass 
I guess, mob mentality mm. oh. removal of statues from, sure. you know, or the removal of statues without that, I don't know, assessment of the community's 100%. feelings on it or whatever. Yeah. I think what's missing in cancel culture is critical thinking skills. Yeah. <laughs> That's like missing in a kids... lot of things. <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah. I don't think kids are being taught how to think critically anymore. Everything mm -hmm. is responded to um, off the cuff. Nobody thinks about the things they say. I'm obviously making blanket statements, but that's just how it feels in cancel culture. Nobody's stopping and evaluating. It's just like, oh, gotta gotta cut ties with that. Gotta stop publishing that book. It's just, where did critical thought go? <laughs> is my I question. Think it's, I think it's laziness. Hmm. I think if you like, oh, uh, is it easier to just get rid of it, or is do we have a conversation about it? Mm. Now, I have a conversation, I have to call this group and this bureaucratic group and have a poll and see if the Viacom will be okay with it. No, no, no. Just get rid of it, and people have a nice around 12 weeks, people will completely forget about it. And yeah. then, especially now, like you, that's, I mean, black people were making that joke for a while, like, if I die... I'll become a hashtag for two weeks. Now anything's a hashtag for two weeks and it'll just go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's instead of laziness, I would call it complacency. Um, but I think it's complacency and I think it's lack of principles uh, because everyone canceling other people on some level, I, unless you are, at, and I know that, you know, maybe this is segueing into your guys's faith segments and stuff, but like, look, I, I was raised Catholic and the, the, I don't know, let he without sin cast the first stone, right? Like that, that principle there is just sorely lacking in cancel culture. That's not mm -hmm. there because every single person has dirty laundry. Yeah. Every single person has some skeleton or some crime, not crime, you know, so everyone has something bad that they've done right. that they would not want revealed to the world. And if it were revealed to the world, they wouldn't want to suddenly be unable to hold down a job or hold down a house or hold down, you know, they wouldn't want their life to be over because someone found out about their, their weird thing on the internet or their weird thing, you know, or their, their political views or it, you know, it, the, the mob is going to come for the cancelers. It will just be a matter of time. And so it's just a lack of principles on top of that complacency. And I think it's, 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 uh, people just love to, to fight yeah you yeah. know what i mean too people love that mentality of like let's get them without thinking without having that critical right. thought like hmm you know even with the lebron photo we talked about this before we started recording about putting that guy on blast and then he took it yeah. down because he didn't you know he didn't take the time to think about it or let things play out or whatever and just right everyone just needs to take a beat me yeah. included i get worked well, up way too quick yeah mm -hmm. And I think it's um, it's a consequence of the instant world we live in. You know, the fact that we can have four of us in a virtual room here right. as if we were in the same room. It's obviously fascinating. And in this context, it's amazing. But uh, as I'm sure you've experienced with some of the guests on your show, you give somebody a mic and they're not filtering. They're not critically yeah. thinking. They're just shouting off divisive things because they have the platform so i think this technology and our world of instant has just really um given us the opportunity to be lazy and react 
and react in such a way that the world hears it. And it's, uh, in, in some ways it's celebrated or, I mean, lauded, I mean, advertisers pick up on that stuff on social media and run with it. And it's just a, a wild, wild world. Yeah. Okay. So who is going to get canceled out of all four of us? Who wants to say something right now? <laughs> I'll, I know for a fact that I don't mind standing on the bearings of anything I've said in like post middle school. Right. Okay. I could kind of live. I could kind of live in that world. Whether it be something comedic, I enjoy making jokes. Uh, whether it be comedic, I can stay. I can give you the rationale, the, the more cerebral aspect to a joke, or I can point out your insecurities. You're trying to point out mine. Like it's not. It's it's the effort. I I, I would dare someone, but I I wouldn't necessarily dare. I've seen what they've done to millionaires. So. Yeah, you guys are young enough that I mean. <laughs> Did you? I mean, Twitter's been. You guys are probably in high school with Twitter and yeah. and stuff, right? Like all that. So, like I, I'm yeah. 45. So when when I went to high school, there was no Great. social media. Thank God. Uh, I mean, I didn't even have a cell phone until I was like 20. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I know my daughter right now, who's 13. She's so spoiled. Has a better phone than I do. That little stink bomb. <laughs> but because uh, I don't really care about my phone, but. Um, so where do you want to go from here, Ben? Do we want to, do you want to talk a little bit about, uh, George Floyd? Do we want to jump into the faith? What are you thinking? We're already at about almost an hour right now. We can do both maybe. Yeah. But I think, um, Zach, you hinted at uh, religion a little bit. And mm -hmm. so we were talking about the lack of critical thought. And I think that's very present in the general Christian Protestant maybe even Catholic um, tradition, so much of the, 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 I'll call it the religious right. It seems like being a Christian and being a conservative Republican for a lot of people go hand in hand. And that has yeah. always bothered me. The fact that um, if I say I'm a Christian, then you're going to automatically assume that I'm, also a Trump supporter or whatever the case may be. So I'm curious from your perspective as two individuals who may not have as close of an attachment to faith as Jason and I do, what is your perspective of Christians in America? Is it close to what I mentioned or am I off base in that assumption that that's how we're viewed? Zach, you want to go first or me? I have, I have something in my head on this perspective. Um, if you've got something, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So growing up, I think we mentioned this before the last time we were here. But if at the age of eleven, if someone were to see me, they'll say that guy's going to be a deacon because I was in church all the time. And that would be the choir, the Bible study, walking through. My dad loves telling the story. I was walking through like six feet of snow to go to church. He's like, this guy, he knows, he's devout. But when I think of at least Christianity in America, mm -hmm. uh, I remember watching the Word Network or at least the Gospel Network as a kid. And there will be this really famous Filipino uh, um, preacher. I forgot his name, but he's extremely famous. His long hair and what they would preach versus what T.D. Jakes or Joe Olsen would preach. There is a physicality of a material whether it be the focus, whether the material is good or bad, that's the focus for the Western uh, Christianity. 
you hear about it on the eastern in the east uh eastern hemispheric uh perspective and i hear more of the old testament perspective very much so uh the non-physical like the emotion the the rationale the perspective the uh the brotherhood aspect of it hmm. and i always wondered and in and coming from jamaica it's more of that as well here i hear that now and i'm like i wonder why is there such a focus on the physical while the the, you know, at the time, you didn't know the fashion, but now people are showing me like T.D. Jakes would be wearing Yeezys, or even like Joel Osteen. Like when I think of a Christian, I think of Joel Osteen, and then I think of him denying people into his church when it was flooding. Yeah, and that hurts me so right. flipping, flipping, flipping much. I'm with you. That's not in my head. I don't mind that you're a capitalistic preacher. I don't know what world that rocks in, but rock out. It's difficult for me to sit. You know what I mean? Do your thing. It's difficult. I know, like, I've seen people who have nothing give their last on Sunday. Yeah. So it's enough for me for you to say, nah, you're good, and you have, like, a, have a plane. I'm like, ah, oh, dude. Yeah, so as far as as far as my thoughts go, I think that, so I think it's clear that I, I agree with your perception, I think, of the public perception of Christianity, that it's kind of gotten to the point where there's it's it's being more and more linked to the the more radical or extremist sex of it i i think and this may sound more hopeless than i intend for it to be um but i i think that that's almost an inevitability as long as christianity remains the majority religion in america mm, um yeah. just like i think that it's the same and this i don't know if this is more more controversial or not, hey, not. Saying, Zach? I don't care it's the same do. it's the same as the backlash against whiteness right it's it's the backlash against the the majority that is seen to be prospering for for one reason or another with christianity it's often linked to laws right they'll look at laws that, that proposed laws or policies and say look you know they're getting they're benefiting their religion specifically or their you know, doing whatever when when realistically, usually it's not it's either an exception to a law or whatever, but that's a tangent. Um, but I think that while while you are the majority, you experience two things in kind of oscillation, it seems from my short experience here is you have majority privilege, which is really what white privilege is, what people talk about. It's majority privilege. It's what Ben, you said you you feel and you're daughter in instances where you are in a black majority area your daughter is going to have that privilege and you will not you will you will not and so majority privilege happens but then there's pushback against the majority because you know pushback for for one reason or another whether it's pushback against tyranny on one hand or pushback against you know the perceived majority that is really just a, a loud minority um, and so I think that holds true with Christians. And I think that it's probably going to hold true for a long time. And the public perception will always be, be pro probably at least slightly bad. Uh -huh. right. But, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, personally, I don't feel that I know that I'm a little biased because I grew up Catholic, but I, I see it as just as, I don't know, just as misguided as every other religion and just as many, you know, I, I don't want to say just as misguided or just as anything, but like 
to me, all religions have some component that they're probably getting right and some component that they're probably getting wrong. And they are essentially the same thing with different names and different terminology and mm. different descriptions. Sure. So, so yeah, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of Christians. And so therefore there's inevitably going to be a lot of bad Christians just mm. because there's a lot of them. So sure. No, that makes sense. Um, are you familiar with the term deconstructing? Have you heard that in reference to the faith? I've heard it. I don't really know much about it, to be honest, though. Okay. No, that's fine. Um, and it's something that... Uh, do you guys use TikTok? Are you into the TikTok no, scene? No. I'm, Shut I'm, up, man. Wow. I am actively trying not to Ooh. use TikTok. I'm turning this off. We're done. We're done. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. I don't do TikToks. I've done a few, but it's it's really? amazing. So I think my exposure to the deconstructionist movement is because of TikTok. Um, as a person of faith, my TikTok algorithm knows that that I have some level of faith based on the videos that I watch on the platform. So now I'm also being served up videos of Christians who are essentially distancing themselves from the faith because of how the the radical right has co-opted Christianity. And so there's a lot of deconstruction going on. And it's just super interesting to me that um, this majority religion, um, the younger folk are really starting to distance themselves from it. So I'm really interested in seeing what the next 20 years looks like as more young people come of age and are adults and making decisions about how they're going to raise their family and what role faith is going to play in that. Um, Christianity may be the majority religion now, but I think those days are coming to an end. Zach, you would think, you like to... Go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask, do you think... Well, I guess uh, two two little things. Do you think that that's only Christianity, or do you think that's just deconstructionism of religion in general and kind of a pushback against religion in general? Brandon had mentioned at one point it was a real millennial thing to say, like, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. And I kind of <laughs> like, laughed when he said it on our episode, but, like, it's true, you know, it's happening more... But then also, do, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think that the the more radical right is hijacking it? Or do you see that more as the loud minority that really isn't a threat to Christianity and that this is kind of just a misperception driven by social media and, you know, loud people and whatnot? I think it, there's both to a certain extent. I think that I am legitimately concerned about some of these radical right and how closely attached they are to Christianity and, you know, wrapping the cross in the American flag and not being able to separate nationalism from Christianity. Um, now I'm all for patriotism and loving your country. Um, but as far as I can tell in scripture, uh, Jesus calls us to be about his kingdom first, not America. And so it's both for me. I, I definitely see Christian nationalism as the biggest threat to the church right now. Um, but there are far more who are um, not as vocal, who are really striving to live like Jesus did and as he calls us to. So, um, and as far as religion dying out, 
truthfully, I don't have much exposure to other religions, so I wouldn't really be able to say um, whether or not that's the case. But um, I, I totally agree, Ben. I was going to say the same thing. I, I, I have no idea. I'm I we always tease Ben sheltered Ben, but shelter Jason over here. I don't know much about other religions either. I Neither did do I for what there's a there's a new uh, Buddhist temple, but it's in the storefront. So I think some of the religions that kind of favor more of that spirituality yeah. versus the I don't know the dogma of religion. I think those are going to continue to grow, but um, I think maybe the religions that are so focused on the dogma and the the this is how it is and it and there's no other way. I can see that being threatened by um, critical thinking and, you know, growth um, in America. So, well, I, I, I feel like this conversation has had a, had a, a few thoughts came to my head. Well, would you say that, um, would you say that Christmas is an example of how it was one thing and uh, you would even, you wouldn't even label it as, well, I'm, I'm right. saying, but you wouldn't you wouldn't label it as the extreme right taking over the, or defending Christmas. Like it just became this more holistic, warming thing, rather than being some type of, I guess, plot. Or uh, I, it might be just the change that goes along with having this much of a mass, and then having a religion back behind it. But I almost wish you were a fly on the wall to a conversation Zach and I had on a recent show. Um, I forgot. I forgot the name of the uh, fellow Zach. Well, uh, the, Dylan. 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 Bruce of the where, Bible Conversations podcast. Right, the Bible Conversations podcast, yeah. where we had we had the good and the bad, where we talked yeah. about the good of Christianity, then we talked about the bad. We mentioned the aggressive association with the KKK, and the 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 consistent molestation on the on the more Catholic priest side and oh. just going through that back and forth so i think that's echoing in our little social media world and it's uh i think that critical thinking thing is starting to come in ways that we didn't necessarily expect yeah one thing i have to bring up brandon this is said a while back it, you i'm surprised your response of uh joel osteen you're like oh do your thing like do you really believe that like the capitalism of religion i mean the way you were like yeah it's fine i'm like I hate that guy. <laughs> well, no, I because I my, my my mother and myself, I used to love hearing him talk. It was the southern drawl. It was the hair. Was, there's like a million streaks in his hair. How does his hair do that? Mine can. <laughs> uh, but I I just like was seeing Crefro Dollar ask his uh, congregation for 110 million dollars for a jet, and then got the jet. I think everybody's in on the game, so to speak. Yeah, those yeah. guys I feel like ruin Christianity. Like that doesn't—that's not what Jesus is about. Jesus I feel like the people who walk around, or or at least who did. I don't. I I remember at BW I saw someone, someone who felt um welcomed by my presence because they never uh it was introduced to a black person before. Uh, he showed me his uh something that he passed that his granddad passed down to him, and it was a it was a green satin uh KKK mask. And <laughs> if you know about the colors, that's a high color. Oh, um, wow. That's a high. It's a. It's a. That's a. High, I think that's one of the higher grand wizards. I did, we we sat in a room. I watched like six hours on the KKK and the beauty it's done to America. So trust me when I say yes. 
So it is very much so. I, I want. I wonder why people think it's not real, and I and I I hate. I I wonder where this uh, this displays of the word. I don't know what it is, but this assumption that nothing's happening. We don't know what this is. We we have no idea what you're talking. It's about. It's called this fantasy. Gaslighting. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, that all that. Well, speaking of KKK, no, that's a bad transition, Jason. <laughs> we're getting, we're getting up on time and, and I only say that because I have to edit this. So, um, I, I don't know how, how, how much editing you guys do, but I actually go through it all and like painstakingly the, um, you know, the lip smacks and some of the ums I take out, some of my leave in, I don't know. I'm pretty detailed. I mean, we have a media company too, so that's maybe that's why I do it, wow. but. That being said, let's talk about George Floyd and that um, just what went down, what your thoughts are on it. Um, are you glad? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're glad the result, but I was just thinking more about I was so worried about unrest, even in my city of Grand Rapids, as as, as I knew that something would happen if, if things didn't go the right way. Brandon, uh, I'd like to get your, you know, just your general uh, consensus and thoughts around that. I work in a field where the neck and the spine, anything in that area is priority. Number one, mm -hmm. there's procedures where if we see 30 seconds of, of a delay, we shut everything down, wake the patient up and we're, 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 we're back to square one. So to imagine, and then the correction of nine minutes on one's neck is a visual. And I, cause I have yet to hear the whole thing. Um, because I will never click the whole thing. That's you, um, to hear someone die mm. is an interesting thing that a human can experience in the 21st century. Um, in regards to the case, um, the American justice system has uh, made a decision that bettered the nation as a whole. Justice was served, but I feel like it's gilded. I don't mind that it's gilded. I don't mind them thinking what will be the repercussions if how many how many targets can we lose how many uh police stations can we lose how many shootings can we go through how many potential riots on the capitol i feel like they had to make a solid decision and say listen we're not risking any of that he has to be guilty so you're so, so you're saying that you think that i mean so in theory those the people on the jury were not tampered with, but are you feeling like they and their souls thought that way or? Yeah. I feel like this, there's a chain of command, right? I feel as if, uh, uh, whether the people in the, the jurors had to make it cause they knew the, they knew the name George Floyd. I always wonder when you hear like those who did the OJ Simpson trial or those right. who did, uh, these cases, how do you not hear that? And like some uh, individuals were describing to me the basis and I was like, what, if I were to use poor, misguided judgment with no factual basis, if I'm thinking of three black guys in there, I think they're going to nod their head and listen and do all the proper and, and, and legal and responsible things as a juror and make that man guilty because there's just there's just something about it. It's just like and – I, and I get the role of a lawyer. Like a lot of people are like, oh, how do they say this? Their job is to make their client happy. Right. Not in jail. Do what you got to do. Play the performance. It's literally a play. Do what you want to do. Uh, but he has to go to jail because it would cause bedlam. We'll still, it would, I, I'm glad he's in jail. 
unfortunately. I, I'm, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because I kind of felt that a little bit. I'm like, I think they just made him guilty and I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it because I felt bad about that. I, I, I yeah. hope that the justice system did the right thing. But in the right. back of my head, I'm like, I mean, he is guilty, clearly. But I mean, when you when you when you get into a courtroom, there's things you have to follow. You can't. Yes. 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 There's no emotion there. Right. It's this, this, this and this. And I was I was super worried that it wasn't going to go that way. And then when it did, I was actually shocked. Did you watch the trial? Did you oh. all, did you guys watch the trial? I do not get involved in that. I, I, just, I watched brief recaps of it. I didn't watch it, you know, long segments by any means. Exactly. Yeah. Watch I, I watched parts of it. I, I watched a bit at the beginning and then a bit at the end, mostly. Um, I actually I actually feel pretty substantially different than Brandon, I think. Um, I think that I, I agree with a lot of what you guys were saying about the 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 public sentiments potentially influencing the case. I think that two there are two separate questions. And the first is that is there sufficient evidence that he was guilty or not guilty of or rather that he was guilty of the the charges. And then the second question is whether justice was served, whether whether he actually retained his right to due process and justice and equal treatment and all that. I think that, so as far as the charges go, I was out outside of the potential influences on the jury and all of that. I was actually kind of surprised by the result. I think that, so the way that the system works is right. It's beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. I think that you can show, I think that there's a case that can be made that can show beyond a reasonable doubt that he is guilty of manslaughter. Yeah. I think with the evidence that was presented, it's hard to say beyond a reasonable doubt that he had either intent to perform felony assault or intent to kill or, you know, whatever. And I think that murder, it's hard for me to say truly that with beyond a reasonable doubt that he is actually guilty of it. So as far as the ruling goes, I was a bit surprised. I think that, you know, the it would have been just manslaughter. As far as the influences, though, I just think that there's there's there are too many potential factors right now for me to be confident in saying that justice was served. I mean, you had people like if we're just focusing on during and after the trial, you had people like Maxine Waters talking about the case. Mm -hmm. You had people like Joe Biden, who even after even though he waited until the, the jury was was deliberating right every one of them had their fucking cell smartphone every single one of them had the capacity to see the president of the united states say we hope that they have the right answer to these these charges but, right but did they didn't they like how i don't didn't know they sequester them i think they take all that away you're not supposed to have no all that stuff is taken away i don't know I, well so i don't know if they were sequestered though that's the thing i don't know oh, if that is why the same so for the OJ case, they sequestered them for 200 plus days. I don't oh. remember the exact number, but they sequestered them for 200. And that meant, yeah, no internet, no phone, no anything. I don't know if that was the case here. I, it may be, and I could be wrong. I don't know either. I'm not sure, yeah. But, but even outside of that, you know, not relocating the case to somewhere other than the city that it happened in. You know, the, the fact that now if we look at before the trial, I mean, the city burned down. Yeah, the right. city burned down because of this. How could that not That's influence crazy. the jurors' the decisions? So I don't know. I think as far as the the questions of whether justice was served, I, I'm in, 
I'm a, a hesitant no, just because I don't know with all of those other factors. And as far as the charges, I mean, I, I think that the manslaughter charge is most likely justified. I, the, the murder ones, I'm not so sure. That said, I don't want to make it sound like I think Chauvin is innocent. He, oh. he is morally is to be held accountable. He is guilty yes. of that. As far as legally, though, I, I think that this was mishandled. I, I have some problems with how it was handled. Yeah, if you look at the actual facts and take the emotion out, I agree with you. But the guy's right. a piece of shit. I mean, I'm glad yeah. he's off the street. Like, he's clearly had a record of being uh, abusive and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, As do I. Yeah, it just... It felt weird. Um, I'm glad. I'm so glad uh, that it it turned out the way it did. I mean, selfishly, uh, it was yeah, yeah. even though in uh, Minnesota was far away from Grand Rapids when that all went down. I mean, our city was. I mean, it didn't not as bad as Minnesota, but we had issues. Like, oh, yeah, this is my city. Like, what is going on? And and I I totally get the the right to do that, but it always just makes me so bummed out when shit burns to the ground yeah yep this has been great uh i wish we could we should like start a, a side project where we <laughs> just have a, po a podcast with all four of us dude i was so yeah, excited sure. to record with you guys like we just love you guys so much um um i i don't know i i'd love to do a side project i don't know what it would be but <laughs> as long as i don't have to edit it or anything then i'm in if, right. if i can just sit down in front of a mic i'm totally in nice yeah well we'll start wrapping it up here um but just wanted to give our guests i mean you guys have the say what needs saying podcast um if you have any closing words that you'd like to leave with our listeners uh before we wrap this thing up i'd like to just give it give you that opportunity zach i'll let you do the, the very the final plugs or closes uh but at least uh to your fans i would say uh you guys have chosen a very uh, respectable duo to go to your main podcasting. These guys are amazing. I love getting Jason's perspective. I love getting Ben's perspective. It's always new, and I'm always capturing a new perspective and seeing how the world looks in your eyes, and I always love that. I love to see how the world appears to others, and I think that's what we try to capture uh, on our podcast. We try to see it how you see it through your eyes, and then we talk about that. Uh, the conversations we have, a lot of people, uh, at least on my end, a lot of people say, you know, do you come up with your questions before? Or maybe you should write a different question. No, they're all genuine. All of this was genuine. All of this came uh, raw and authentically. And I, you can feel that. You ever had a conversation with someone and you're like, I'm forcing this. This yeah. feels, I'm tired. <laughs> oh, this is we can all grab coffee, grab a drink. We could do a food. We could do a food. I, I would hang out with you guys. It's 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 effortless. Check us out. Zach, take it away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I want to second that for sure. I love being on your guys' show. Would love to do more together in the future. Um, and we'll have to have you guys back on ours too. But yeah, I mean, you know, final thoughts on the episode. I don't know. Just one thing to your listeners. I just, just don't be a dick. Don't cancel people <laughs> that are, are undeserving yeah. of it. Or if you think they're deserving of it, look inward and look at yourself and see whether you want to be canceled for that. You know, don't, 
don't generalize, right? When it comes to religious people, don't generalize when it comes to a religious people, you know, everything that we've touched on, or at least a lot of what we've touched on is just kind of focused around generalizations and canceling and these things. Just look up, do yourself a favor, look up logical fallacies, study them a little bit and just kind of do your best to employ that in your, you know, in your conversations that you're having. Emotion comes up and emotion's important and it's important to empathize and all of that emotion and logic it's hard to allow them to coexist though so mm. keep in mind your balance depending on what kind of conversation mm. you're having sometimes it's a little more appropriate to shift the balance to be a little more empathetic a little more emotional other times maybe not you know and so we love that you guys do that and we can do that when we come on here and we can have these conversations. It's been fantastic. Um, and you know, if any of your listeners want to check us out, we're the say what needs saying podcast. We are on Instagram and Facebook at say what needs saying Twitter is say what needs. And we're pretty much everywhere else, everywhere you listen to podcasts, we're probably there. So, yeah. So when you re guys record, do you do this live now every time when, um, like is that how you're recording the shows now or i didn't know if you started doing that uh from the beginning or this is an added thing we started doing them live more frequently i think then we had some technical difficulties and so we shifted back to doing them non-live yeah um so hopefully ideally i think I'd, it'd be cool to do them live um more often okay but, yeah Sorry. Woo, bless that was you. Cool. <laughs> yeah. The whole show, no sneeze, but then like one second. No, I'm just teasing. I gave you I gave you a parting editing gift. I appreciate it. Well, we, at least see, at least we saw in video, so everyone stopped talking. So right. at least your sneeze would be isolated. <laughs> just imagine someone sending an email for someone's birthday. Like, what you give for my birthday? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, for oh. sure. Well, yeah, thanks again, guys. We, we super appreciate uh, you guys coming on. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you down the road. Yeah, absolutely. See thanks for having us. Always thank you.